Hello and welcome to the new Pedagodzilla On Tour podcast feed. You join us now for our mini-series recorded at Playful Learning 2023 on fabulous formative failures and the Danish movement Pissedaleg Undervisning, or Piss Poor Teaching. If you want to listen to our other content of understanding pedagogic theories through the lens of pop culture, then head on over to pedagodzilla.com where you can find our entire back catalogue of episodes and subscribe to this and our main podcast feed. And over now to Playful Learning 2023 and our discussions on fabulous formative failures and piss poor teaching. Yes. Okay, here we go. We start with the cheesy music. And here they are. <laughs> Welcome to Pedagodzilla at Playful Learning. <laughs> that was that, that one was not a sound effect. That was actually Matt. <laughs> Hello, we are Pedagodzilla at the Playful Learning Conference. This is day two. I am your host as ever, Mike, a senior learning designer at the Open University, imposter syndrome incarnate, and a man with a microphone. And I am joined across the table by my fabulously shirted guest, Matt. Hi. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. The sun's out. Uh, and happy to be with you, Michael. Um, yes, my, I'm Matt Wood. I'm a digital learning developer at Durham University. So I, I work with your colleague, Mark Childs, who isn't he? Is, is he in bed? Is he? I, I think he, he definitely rose late, but I think he's gone to Andy Walsh's session uh, this okay. morning. Okay. okay. Um, I hope he had some breakfast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, there was the food. They had the food festival this morning, which made me... There's just something kind of repulsive about, like, fiddling around with a single baked bean on a yeah. plate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just, uh, I know, it's just It's a little bit too early in the morning for that for me. I, also, mm. I think it was a little bit of a late night last night. Yes, yeah, certainly. So I, I did wonder whether they'd still be doing karaoke this morning. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I, I was I was there when we were getting the uh, the message from the bar staff that they would really quite like to go home, <laughs> um, wrap up. Yeah. So what brings you to playful learning? What well, so the uh, we work under the wonderful Nick Whitten, um, who brings basically an army of uh, DCAD. I'm from DCAD, Durham Centre of Academic Development, who and uh, Nick currently leads that group. And uh, so, so brings a bunch of us along to Playful Learning uh, each year. And I started in September. So this is my first Playful Learning, having a great time. Oh, I'm so glad. to how, how are you finding it? What's Playful Learning like from the eyes of a newbie? It's lovely. It's a great uh, small conference where everybody kind of gets to know each other, which is really lovely. Um, and I think they've got the playful element really down. It's not like too overwhelming where it's like constantly playing a game, but there's enough there to be like, oh, what should, what should we do? Or oh, let's uh, uh, enough for sort of playful chaos. Um, playful chaos could almost be the title of the conference. That feels like it encapsulates the whole thing. That's the right. tagline right there. Right, right, right. So, yes, I'm having a lovely time. Thank you. Oh, brilliant. So we are uh, doing the Pedagodzilla Festival of Failure, mm -hmm. um, where we are oh, going to try and ad-lib this bit. Let's see how this goes. Where we are asking for uh, people's most catastrophic cataclysmic cock-ups, uh, which have nonetheless um, <laughs> been formative and fabulous experiences. Uh, we hope that by discussing them, we'll be able to have a, an element of catharsis, but also talk about uh, where failure can sit within learning and how we can draw positive from failure so yeah i'd just like to start off uh by asking you what has been your most fabulous formative failure what specific 
time has been your most fabulous. Well, Michael, I'd like to spin the. Well, I, I was been <laughs> thinking about failure because we are at, we're playing a lot of games, uh, and and obviously failure is is a part of games a lot of the time, um, and that framing of failure means different things in different contexts. So, I I I think we're all failing at everything all the time. But in but I don't think we necessarily frame that as failure. So, you know, I got locked out of my hotel room yesterday. <laughs> it's like, oh, fail, you know. But it's it's you know, oh, ha, ha, it's funny. I'll just go and get get a spare key, or um, you know, I did dramatically badly in a game of the sushi game. Oh, sushi go, yes, sushi go, which was, but it was great. I I didn't I didn't feel like that was a failure, even though I, I went catastrophically badly because I'd learned this new game uh, and it was great. So, so thinking about sort of my professional career, uh, I was an academic before I was a digital learning developer. Um, and I was, I, so I guess I could frame myself as a failed academic because le- I've left that behind, right? Um, or program leader, you know, did I, did I fail at that? I mean, I, I've, I've sort of stopped doing that now uh, and I'm doing something else. But and then that made me think about students. So to fail a degree, you know, the the, the little failures that we think about kind of day to day is sort of something quirky or something that we can maybe overcome. But a failure to say that you failed your degree, that is then something really catastrophic for, for most people but but does it need to be people kind of drop out of their phds particularly i think postgraduate studies is a, is a very interesting way of thinking about it so let's let's dig into your so you've described yep. yourself as, as a failed academic <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I like to think of you more as kind of like a, a, a i think of it in pokemon terms but you've gone from a metapod to a vidral um but so what is it about, what was kind of that, that um, what was the failure point for you? Or as you see the failure point, what was the point in which you stopped being an academic? Why did you stop being an academic? Mm-hmm. And you've, you know, as you say, you've sort of described it as a failure failure here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, tell me about yeah. it. Well, so it's quite, uh, to move from an academic position to a professional services position might be quite unusual in a way, but it was largely due to location on one level, because I was working down in Bristol and my home is in the Northeast. So I was looking for a job in the Northeast. Um, but also the aspect of my job that I was best at was the tech. You know, I'm quite a techie person, uh, you know, and helping academics to navigate these systems and producing videos and producing content. Uh, so it's like, well, hang on, that's the that's the bit I enjoy the most. It's the bit that I'm probably best at. And it's the bit that is providing the university with the best value for money. It's like, it's, it's best for the university that I'm doing this rather than marking these sort of second year essays. And institutionally, if you're uh, academic, they assume that you know nothing about technology at all. So they're like, here's your computer. And it's like, no, <laughs> that will not do. <laughs> I need, uh, you know, I, I need a sort of a higher powered thing to, to do the video work that I do. And so, um, and it's not to say that I won't go back to academia. 
Um, I won't go back to an academic position at some point. But I, 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 I guess that could be framed. I, I frame that very positively and I'm very happy with kind of the job that I'm at at the minute. But for some people that might be a failure story. I see that's so interesting because as you sort of jokingly referred to it as a you know failed academic earlier, but then of course you've described it in such a positive way, more as a change of direction. And right. if anything, kind of like a realignment to what feels like, you know, your strengths and your, your passions. Totally. And I think that's often we find with PhD students they will drop out and that may be framed as a failure, but I, it rarely is. It's normally it's got their best interests mm. at heart because a PhD is, you know, I, I'm very pleased that I did mine um, and it was the right decision for me, but for some people it absolutely wasn't. And to push through and make yourself miserable uh, for what purpose, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I really think there's there's something in the, the 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 reframing of failure because in a game or whatever the fact that you came last or you failed or you cocked up it it doesn't matter. I th- and I think that applies to so many things. It's rarely a, a, a big catastrophic thing that 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 you 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 can't get over it's a readjustment or a, a reorientation point so i think i'll ask you two questions one from the perspective of a student and one from the perspective of a teacher so I mean, as an educator but as an educator how would you go about what would be your top tip for people who want to help help their students reframe failure oh wow I think it's all about that relationship with your students and being honest with them about your own um, about your own failures. I, I, I mean, it's just so tricky to to say that we've failed a student, and and actually we are. <laughs> under increasing pressures not to fail students. Bam it office for students. <laughs> but three criteria. I mean I do but I see I do see the 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 value in not you know you you, you do well or you do less well um to to say that somebody has, has failed something. I I guess it's it's just a uh and a, and a, a readjustment point, and it, it's not the end. And I, I wish there was a different word. Um, and I wish, yeah, I wish we. They, it just comes with so much baggage. The kind of fail in 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 he. So yeah, the the, the more we can just put a different spin on it, or uh, it, yeah, it, it's just not the end, is it? So reframe it with the students that you practice with and create that environment where it's okay to discuss and you're not using that with that, that yeah. same kind of language, that same taxonomy. And, and maybe be open about your own failures yeah. as an academic as well, you know. Well, because, I, I mean, your story is a great example of that. Yeah, right. that, that is Because some people, uh, some students would potentially, you know, or some 
um, people in that academic setting would see that as, whereas other people would see that as this wonderful kind of career progression. Mm -hmm. And certainly like uh, about paper rejections, I think that's quite a pertinent example because, um, you know, feedback with students, we do have to be very careful now and kind of coach it in lots of positive language and and all of that. And actually, I think there is something in, you know, here's the, here's the unedited feedback. But hey, look at this um, paper review that I got, which is absolutely savage. Um, <laughs> it tears, tears me down to like my core... <laughs> values and <laughs> deconstructs me um and th th that's not, not personal that's just that's just academia um and that's not to say that that paper can't be reframed into something else so i guess that transitions nicely to what would your top tip be for students when it comes to reframing their own failures particularly in academia which i think is often for such a creative space filled with wonderful people a little bit binary about what is success and what is failure mm. and i think uh, there's a kind of with i'm doing a lot of work with the uh, as we all are thinking a lot about ai and the implications for uh he and we had this this great symposium the other day where um philip de wilde was saying in academic work across the board we've accepted this banality this this writing that just recycles what's come before and just melges it together in a sort of paragraph of nothingness but kind of reads very convincingly and i i, I think it, it, it is a readjustment point for everyone and i would encourage the students to do this as well of like well what but why are we here why are we doing what we're doing what's and that might be a complicated question actually uh, and it might take a bit of soul searching to find that out but you know ultimately there's a pursuit of something interesting or novel or something worthwhile <laughs> and it's it's teasing out what that is and i think as long as that's there then it it doesn't matter uh, uh, I, I think failure is less likely as well because you're in pursuit of, of something uh, and I, finding that kind of purpose that why are we here? We're not just trying to pass an exam, trying to use the right words or trying to use the right phrases to kind of game the system in that way. It's about finding that higher purpose and then you could and then you can reorientate your successes or failures kind of in in relation to that that higher principle maybe seeing so seeing your study journey not just in the wider sphere of um your your goals your top your, your guiding principles your guiding stars but also understanding that it's part of a journey completely completely matt thank you so much for your time this has been really journey. lovely speaking to you um where can people find you online and do you have anything you want to plug Yes, uh, please follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at Dr. Matty Wood. Um, and that's that's probably probably the best place to find my stuff. I, I'm also a puppeteer. Um, and so you can find my puppet stuff on the Twitter feed as well. So. Thank you so much. And it'll be goodbye for me as the music cheesily fades in. And the crowd... Cheer us off the stage. I love, I love this button. <laughs> <Legia>. <laughs> 
and we'll see you next time on Pedagodzilla. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.